the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. A couple of guests lined up for you today. We're going to talk with Mike Waters coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. Mike, of course, the SU basketball beat writer for Syracuse.com and the Post Standard. And Seth, that was actually the, the way we were going to start the show yes, today. We were. Talking some hoops, uh, starting to look ahead uh, to Kansas. Boy, the Jayhawks look good. Another route last night, 96-58 to over Toledo. Devontae Graham, They're 35 really good. points. Uh, real quick, before we move on to what we're actually going to start the show with. So, they've played three common opponents, right? Syracuse and Kansas. They've played Oakland, Toledo, and Texas Southern. Syracuse beat those three by a combined 45 points. That's 15 per game. It's pretty good. Not bad. Kansas beat them by 124 points combined. That's an average of 41 per game. I mean, they are destroying people. Kansas is really good. There's a reason the Jayhawks are number two in the country. But we'll, uh, we'll get to basketball. We'll get to Mike Waters in the next segment. But we have to begin, Seth, with your New York Giants and this whole Eli Manning situation. After 210 consecutive starts, Eli Manning will not start on Sunday against the Raiders. The Giants are turning things over to Geno Smith. Now, you being the Giants fan that you are, when yeah. you heard the news yesterday, your reaction was what? Um, I don't want to say surprise. I don't want to say shock because I kind of expected him to get benched at some point because it, it's the Nate Peterman thing, right? It makes sense to see what you got in the rookie quarterback, except the Giants didn't go to the rookie. Like, it, it was flat-out anger at, at about 3.30 yesterday. I was annoyed. I, I was mad. I, I felt like this organization that for 90-plus years had had handled things well and, and, and was the uh, uh, epitome of class in the sports world, all of a sudden took over the the qualities that the Jets have taken the last 15, 20 years, right? And and been a laughingstock and and treated their players like garbage. And you look at Eli Manning, and he's a step slow. He's a a second behind on his throws. I'll be be the first to admit that. But he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, a two-time MVP, who within five years of his retirement will be coming back to Giant Stadium and having his number put in the in the ring of honor and having his jersey retired, and he's in all likelihood going to Canton. He's top 10 in touchdown passes all time, top 10 in passing yardage all time. He's in all likelihood going to Canton, and that's not how you treat that kind of a player in your franchise's history. With that being said, they offered him the opportunity to start, and I have to give Eli credit saying, it's a token start. I'm not doing that. You're either all in or you're all out. Um, I think I would have felt differently if they said, you know what, Eli's not starting, but we're going straight to Davis Webb. The fact that you're going to Geno Smith is such a slap in the face. Geno Smith? Like, are, are they kidding? Uh, what? I, I don't get that. I can't understand that. He's He's a career backup. He's done nothing. He's been awful when given the opportunity. Um, that's the one that bothers me. More so than that they're benching him, which I don't think they should do. Just ride it out at this point. 
Geno Smith? Like, really? It, it, it doesn't make sense, and I, I guess also the people who are doing it in McAdoo and, and Reese and the fact that they should be out of here, you know, three weeks ago. Um, it, it's just all frustrating and confusing. Isn't that more reason, though, to leave Eli in if those guys feel like they're on their way out? I, why, why, why do this to, you know, you said you think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. If, if he is not a Hall of Famer someday... <laughs> Uh, I would be, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Yes, I would be shocked. I think he's absolutely uh, going to the Hall of Fame. But if you're Ben McAdoo, you don't need any more negative publicity. Like If this is truly your decision along with Jerry Reese and you feel like you're on your way out, why, why make this move? Why make it an easier decision for you not to be coming back next year? Um, I, I don't get it either, and, and I understand wanting to get a look at Davis Webb um, and and you're right. I think that would have been a little more palatable. That's easier to sell to the fan base, isn't it? Saying, hey, we want to check out our third-round pick. We want to check him out so we know if we have to go get Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or whoever it might be. Like, it, Again, it's the same thing I said about Nate Peterman, but using this stopgap of Geno Smith in between who... Look, let's face it, has no future no. with your team. And, and and that's why you know you say it, it's easier to sell to the fans, and there are a lot of angry fans today in New York... How about trying to sell this to the players? And you don't want them to give up, but you're essentially saying, and this goes back to, to to what we talked about with the Bills, right? I said, you can't tell me. you know, Sean McDermott can't look at LaShawn McCoy in the eye and say, Nate Peterman gives us the best chance to win, right? I mean, there are reasons why they're doing it, but the reasons are for the future. It's not for this particular game. How does Ben McAdoo look at those guys in the eye in the locker room and say, Geno Smith gives us the best chance to beat the it's Raiders. Laughable. And, and isn't and, that why you play the game? You, you know, as Herm Edwards would say, you play to win the game. It, you're yeah. two and nine, but you play to win the game. And Steve, to your point, you said it about Sean McDermott a week and a half ago, and I'm feeling the same way because Ben McAdoo came out yesterday and said this gives us the best chance to win, and it's it's so laughable. That's the, it's the catchphrase. So Everybody says hilarious. that, but it, it very, it very, you know, it's infrequently is it actually true. No, it, it's not true. It's not what he meant by that. It's so hilariously laughable. It's such a joke to come out and say that Geno Smith gives you a better chance to win than Eli Manning. Uh, it's just, it, it's just so frustrating. It's so annoying. It's so. Uh, it's frustrating coming from a guy who who's shown you nothing as head coach. And think about this. And and look, I'm not saying you have to return the favor. You know, you. I'm not saying to treat Eli Manning a certain way because of this. But Ben McAdoo does not have the Giants' head coaching job if not for Eli Manning, right? Eli Manning pushed for him to be the head coach when they got rid of Tom Coughlin. Jerry Reese is probably not still the Giants' GM if it's not for Eli Manning. And that second Super Bowl win. So for two guys who owe their careers to that quarterback to then treat him that way, kick him to the curb, I just, I don't get it. Just do it quietly in January and say, hey, Eli, you're not going to be our starter next year. We can trade you. We can release you. What do you want? Treat a guy better. Did you happen to see this morning on Twitter, uh, they were doing the Bob Papa show, they took a break, and did you see that they uh, they went to the cafeteria to get coffee, and there were two players in the cafeteria at 8.30 this morning? Do you know who they were? I'm going to guess Eli Manning. 
and Davis Webb. Davis Webb. There you go. And he's talking to him and he's mentoring him. I mean, if he that said he would, if that doesn't speak volumes of the kind of character that Eli Manning has, I mean, as difficult a week and as difficult the last twenty four hours as he's had, and he's at the office at eight thirty in the morning working with the kid. I think that says a lot about Eli Manning. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot about Eli and, and how he works with the media, and, and he stood up there yesterday and he answered the questions. He looked like he was going to cry, but he stood there and he answered the questions. Um, you know, it's it, you're, you're hearing a lot about Eli as, as an upstanding guy, and I think we knew it over the last 13 years, um, but you, it, I guess it's, uh, what is it, adversity is when you see this kind of stuff shine through a little bit more. Um, and, and you're seeing that more now. I mean, he's going to go mentor Davis Webb the same way that Kurt Warner did to him, right? Because sure. he was, he was Dave, not, I, well, I shouldn't say he was Davis Webb. He was a little more highly thought of than yes. Davis Webb, but he, he was that quarterback. <laughs> I understand right? he, the point. You know, he, he was that quarterback unseating a future Hall of Famer. And, and I think that he learned the way to do it from Kurt Warner and, you know, saw what his brother did, saw what Kurt Warner did. As going on to have a next act afterwards, and he thinks that okay, he could spend the next month teaching David Davis Webb everything he knows, and then he can go to Denver or Jacksonville or Arizona and have his next act. Wouldn't it make a lot of sense for him to go to Jacksonville, be reunited with Tom Coughlin? Wouldn't it make a lot of sense for him to go to Denver? Yes, it would. You know, like Arizona. Arizona's like any, a quarterback those, away. They feel like they're a quarterback any of away. Those three would yeah. make a lot of sense. Absolutely. 315-437-7644 to the phone lines we go. Rob the goalie in Liverpool kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. I think all the Giants need to do is find a roster spot on special teams or linebacking core and sign IK Empanali. Yeah, so that he could hit Gino in the face and knock him out. <laughs> exactly. Get him in there in the locker room with Gino. Problem solved. <laughs> That's very See, the way this season has gone for the Giants though, Rob, I think somebody else on the team could take care could take yeah, care of that. Yeah, the Jets got the dumpster fire going at Jet Life Stadium, but this year for, you know, the the gods have turned the worm has turned. Yeah, that's my feeling. I feel like I'm I'm a Jet fan right now. You have a coach who doesn't know what he's doing, a general manager who has built an inept team, and now you just have locker room dysfunction. You have players who quit, right? Like openly quit during the season. And, and I, now you're benching your quarterback. I, was say, I don't for, know how you can expect anything different now the last five games. And and uh, I keep coming back to this other thing here where I maybe I am being an Eli defender to an extent, but like, is this year really his fault? And, like, I know that he hasn't been good. I know he hasn't been great, and he's missed passes. He's missed deep balls. He's he's missed touchdowns and scores. I get it. But can you really look and, and say with a straight face that this year is his fault? Well, I would say this. Um, I think he shares in the blame. I don't think he's at the top of the list, though. No, I think he's he's on the list. Yes. But he's, he's what, fifth? Sixth? Yeah. I mean, offensive so, line, no running game, all your receivers got hurt, your coach has proven to not be right. Uh, a quality head coach in the NFL, at least to this point. Um, I mean, there are, you know, the list goes on and on. Yes, he's on the list. I don't think he's at the top of the list. No, I, I don't either. And that, and that's kind of what I keep coming back to uh, when everybody's like, oh, you got to, when people were saying, oh, you have to dump Eli, you have to dump Eli, it's that easy. It's just, I don't see that as his fault. And again, Hall of Fame quarterback, two-time Super Bowl champion, ring of honor guy, stand-up guy for the last 13 years. Um, it, it's hard to just dump him without thinking of any of the consequences. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that the Giants might have done that. You, 
you know, people were joking after what happened with Tennessee. Maybe, maybe the fan and media revolt over the last 12 or so hours, 18 hours, would have caused the double back. Uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. Just to to comment on his future and and what the contract situation is. Two years left on the contract. The guaranteed money has already been paid. He's right. owed a five million dollar roster bonus in March if he's still on the roster. We all assume he won't be on the roster. I assume the Giants will try to trade him. It will be difficult to trade, obviously, as we know when you when you indicate when that you don't duck. right yeah. when you indicate that you no longer want a player. It makes it a little more difficult. Like a la Carmelo Anthony and the New York Knicks. Everybody knew they wanted to get rid of Melo, and and so that drives down the price. So we'll see what happens. But he's got two years left on his deal. You would think that he's got at least a few years left in his playing career. He's not going to go out like this. Oh, no. Um, so it's just a matter of how this uh, how this marriage is going to end, so to speak, how this divorce is going to take place. Yeah, I mean, look, these things never end well, right? Peyton Manning played in Denver. Joe Montana played in Kansas City. Uh, Joe Namath played in L.A. These things never end well, uh, but you thought that uh, this might end a little bit better than it has. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. It, it It's really weird to think about. I mean, I'm, I'm 23 years old, so Eli Manning has been the quarterback of the Giants quite literally since I was 10 years old. I was in elementary school uh, when Eli Manning took over as quarterback of the Giants, um, and for all intents and purposes is the only quarterback I, like, really— remember much of as the New York Giants, uh, you know, for the Giants. So it's it's weird to me that this coming Saturday, Geno Smith is going to start or or that Davis Webb is going to start. Um, I keep going back to this idea of, like, the starting Geno Smith is, is such a waste. It's such a waste of a week. Um, why, you why do it then? Is it just to right, ease Davis know, Webb I don't things? know. I'm not sure. Because the reports out of New York are that he's not going to, that Davis Webb still isn't going to dress this week. Like, he's not ready to play in an NFL game. You know, this is not Nate Peterman who had been the backup every week. You know, So why make like the Dave, move? Why I make the move now? That I makes no know. sense. Like, the Giants have thought so little of Davis Webb over the course of this year that he hasn't been active for a single game. And now you're going to say he's your guy? Like, it, it, it just, none of it makes sense to me. I mean, he he didn't dress for a game, so you have to start Geno Smith, and the hope is that you can get Davis Webb ready over the next couple of weeks to start him eventually. Why weren't you getting him yes. ready in practice the last three weeks so he would start this weekend? Right? Like, that's the move. They were mathematically still alive in the playoffs. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Now they're two and nine. Well, there's no way we can make the playoffs, so we're going to turn the page. It doesn't. It make, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Uh, we do need to take a timeout though. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We can get back to this when we return. We're going to talk some SU basketball. Mike Waters joins us next. Keep it here, Orange Nation. Just getting started on ESPN Radio. Every Monday, Syracuse assistant Adrian Autry talks X's and O's with Orange Nation. Brought to you by Farone and Son Funeral Home. On the pulse of the orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. Steven Seth back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We kick off hour number two with today's business brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. And for that, we uh, go back to our producer, Max. What do you have for us today, Max? Well, I just wanted to stalk, 
Started with the talk of the town and Eli Manning. And, you know, um, Seth, I agree with what you were saying. It's kind of ridiculous and inexcusable how the Giants treated this whole situation. But my kind of take on it is, like, isn't it, like, couldn't it be kind of a positive thing for Eli? Is, is, is like, you get some closure and can move on from the Giants now? Like, you're no. 30, you're 36, 37. Um, what Hall of Fame quarterback has been treated the 100% right way when oh, the team wants to move on? Exactly. No, but, so, but the wait, wait, better wait, 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 way wait. of doing this is to just do it in January and say, hey, thanks for 13 years. Right, and that's that's go. why they handled it poorly. But I'm saying in the off season, all of his guaranteed money is paid off after this year. You know, they're gonna if they cut him, they lose 22 million. Then he can sign with someone else. You got Denver and Jacksonville, who look like the the two places that make the most sense for him to land. Jacksonville looking for a quarterback that could give them any sort of production that is more consistent and better than Blake Bortles. Paired with that defense, could already be better than what they are. I understand Eli's old. But then again, my argument is: look what Peyton Manning did when he was forty. He won a Super Bowl, and, and look Kurt at the, look at the defense. And, look at the defense yeah. Peyton had when he won the Super Bowl. That's what the Jags have in that caliber of defense. I mean, it's not. It's a shame in how the Giants handled it. But this, to me, could be a turning a new leaf in the career of Eli Manning. I appreciate your positive spin, Max. I, I don't think this is positive because he's going to be on a different team next year, no matter what. To put him through this embarrassment. I don't see how it's a positive. I think that he, oh, no, was, he was, was turning the page. He was turning the page next year anyway. Anyway, right? And so were the Giants. Everybody like, was going to turn the page. It just it all added up. I mean, the five million dollar roster bonus and the you know they're they've got a they've got to almost start over right in New York with I they think need new, new GM, coaching, yeah, new leadership, everything. new yeah. leadership across the board. You know, your your leadership position on the field, like quarterback. Kate Mara take over for John, everything. Uh, so much needs to change. So much needs to change. And so I guess my point is, if you could just wait five more games, like well, right, they gain nothing. Right. So I guess long long term, he's going to be fine. Like he had a Hall of Fame career with the Giants, and he's going to have his jersey retired there, and he's going to be in Canton someday, and he's going to move on from here, and he's going to play, and who knows if he's going to be good, but he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to play a few more years, and and this is not going to be the way that he closes out his career. It's just unfortunate that this is the way he's closing out his time with the franchise that he won two Super Bowls for, and spe- he deserved better. He did. Yeah. I can't this believe, isn't this I can't isn't believe. like this isn't Tyrod Taylor who's been there a couple years. This is. Eli Manning, who won you two Super Bowls, he deserved better than to be benched with five games to go during a useless season. It was like the Bills made the worst quarterback move of the season, and then the Giants were just said, hold my beer. Here's a contrarian thing. They've already embarrassed them, right? If you're Eli, do you go to them? And clearly he has not, because you said this morning he was there with Davis Webb. Do you go to them and say, hey... I'm not going to play here. Why don't you just you know, do me a solid cut me today? He could be in Jacksonville. He can be ready in six weeks for the wild card game. I think the, his pride as a giant and the longevity of his career in New York, I think his own pride, um, I think he really does want to see this team take the right step after him. And I think by doing that with Davis Webb and mentoring him, I know Geno Smith obviously isn't the guy. Giants wouldn't be surprised if they took another quarterback in the draft this year. Give me Baker um, Mayfield. Exactly. And the fact that he wants to give his tutelage to the new coming young quarterback, I think that that speaks a lot about him as a person. And I mean, I don't see, I think if he was asking to be cut, that would just be, that would add fuel to an already big dumpster fire. How many star quarterbacks in the league can you picture 
showing up at 8 a.m. the following morning after being benched to work with the third-string quarterback. Not many. Maybe Drew Brees. I think the only one that I could see is his brother. Yeah, right. Peyton. Peyton did, probably, yeah. I mean, I couldn't see like Tom Brady doing that. No. Maybe, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I could not see. I couldn't picture And, and again, I mean, we don't know these guys, but just... You know, can you imagine like Cam Newton doing that? Not, no. not in a million years. No, I, I think it speaks volumes of him. Um, I hope it all works out for him, and he, you know, finds a new home. And and this thing, I was going to say, doesn't get messy. It's already messy. Already is. Um, I don't think it's a positive, Max. And I appreciate your positive spin. He'll be fine. You know, he'll move on from this. But what they did to him just it, it wasn't right. They did they did not handle this right. No, they didn't. And uh, speaking of not handling things right, uh, Nick Saban, if you recall last year, saying that conference championships should matter and talking about Ohio State. Now he's not even playing for a conference championship. He's on the outside looking in on the college football playoff. How do you guys feel? Do you think conference championships should serve as a play-in game, or do you think it should be the overall resume of the season or some weird mesh of both? Because he kind of backtracked the other day. That's what I was going to say. He completely contradicted what he said last year. Um, by saying that he thinks Alabama has done enough as a team to make it in. And Alabama, I believe, has only beaten one or two teams ranked in the top 25 throughout the entire year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not only did he say last year, eh, it's conference championship games, whatever. Uh, This year, or or last year he said conference champions matter and, and, you know, whatever. This year he was like, you know, this team deserves to get in. So it's a complete contradiction. Um, I think the conference champions should be a data point in the discussion right uh you know last year i thought the ohio state team was good enough to make it in the debate last year was never penn state versus ohio state and penn state fans have to get over that uh it was penn state versus washington and washington was a a one loss conference champion um so I, yeah i I, th- I think that that's ultimately what it comes down to is you know that's that's a data point right because what if you had at some point we thought we might have had undefeated georgia undefeated alabama heading to atlanta you know, if one of them lost, are they all of a sudden not better than, you know, uh, you know the the next team on the lot? Are they not better than uh, a Miami that won an ACC championship? They might have been. Uh, so I think that it's a part, not the whole thing. I, mean, I don't think it, I don't think it should disqualify you to not win the championship. And the other thing is, not all conferences have conference championship games. Well, not all and conferences are created equal. Right. Exactly. And then to my point, my other point I wanted to just get across is I think we can all agree the talent level on Alabama's roster is still top one or two in the nation, probably. But I again, going back to the resume and the people they've beaten all year, I don't think this is what I think, Max. They should get in. If you don't win your conference title, it should be extremely difficult. It should there should be extenuating circumstances why you're in. Like if it was if it was Alabama and Georgia and they were both undefeated, right? And it was they played a good game, I. Those would be extenuating circumstances for me. But the fact that Alabama lost, let, let me just rattle off real quick their wins. Florida State lost DeAndre Francois in that game, and it was very early, and Florida State turned out to not be good. Fresno State, Colorado State, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Mississippi State, Mercer, lost to Auburn. What is the best win on that schedule? Mississippi, Mississippi, State. Mississippi State or yeah. LSU? I mean, Mississippi, Mississippi State. It's Mississippi State. Is yeah. a win over Mississippi State, thirty-one to twenty-four, in no. a game that if you watched it again, there they was a controversial the finish. Yeah. It was a close game. They trailed the whole time. Controversial finish. A thirty-one twenty-four win over Mississippi State is that alone getting you in to the top four? 
they don't deserve to be in. No. So That's what I said last segment, right? I, I don't think their resume is good enough without the SEC title game to get them into that Final right. Four. And the only the only thing I took issue with you, Seth, is you seemed to think it was a... And I, I don't know if you meant this, but it, you made it seem like it was a no-brainer. If somebody loses in the top four, they're going to sneak well, I, up, and I'm I not so sure. I thought that based on how they ranked them. And, and I know that we've seen in the past, like, it doesn't matter because who was it year one, TCU? Jumping. We've seen right. Yeah. We've seen teams jump. Isn't so, that kind of how Alabama formulates their schedule every year, though? Assuming they're going to make it to the SEC title game, like don't you kind of feel that way? Hasn't Nick Saban earned that right? I'm not saying he hasn't, but I'm well, just saying th- this is what, the way Alabama shaped their schedule this year. They played one really tough non-conference game, or, or what they thought was it was Florida State, and they won. Yep. And then they play in what they feel like is the best conference in the country, which I'm not so sure it is anymore. But that well, if we do handle our business in the SEC and we beat one really good non-conference team, we're getting in. Well, but also that's a, but to be fair, that's also how Clemson scheduled. No, I know. You know, like but Clemson so handled its business exactly. Clemson handled difference. its business. Clemson won, you know, four games over nationally ranked opponents. Yep. Alabama won one. One. I mean, Florida State technically was at the time, but Alabama has one yep. kind of good win on the road at Mississippi State by a touchdown. That's not enough to get you in. No. So how do we solve this? I've said it all along. Five conference champs should get in. You have two wild cards and one, you know, of the the teams outside the Power Five. You have an eight team playoff, and that's how and that's how you do it. I, I uh, look. I've said I don't want an eight team playoff. I, I don't need to get back into that right now. But I, I do want to bring this up, and and I'm not saying UCF deserves to get in, right? I I don't know. I haven't studied their resume close enough. They haven't played a a, a major power team. They had Georgia Tech. It got canceled by the hurricane. I get it. Um, but if you're one of those group of five schools and you're looking at UCF this year, a team that has dominated everybody on their schedule, and in a year where there has been no real dominant college team and and and, and no four schools running away, and you're not able to sniff the top ten, like you've got to like this, this, you have to be looking at this saying we're never going to, right? Uh, unless you're Houston, you go on the road and beat Oklahoma in the non-conference. Like, you've got to be looking at this and saying, we're never going to get in. That's the only takeaway I have if you're a group of five school. Yeah, you have to schedule aggressively, but, you know, when you schedule those games, how, how do you know four years in advance that, that that's going to be a you game you can win? Or, you know, are, are other big-time programs, are they going to accept that game? You think, if you're an up-and-coming team like You a, think Oklahoma expected Houston to have Tom Herman and no, be good? not yeah, at all. exactly. But, I mean, who's, who's scheduling... Central Florida for the next few years. I mean, nobody wants to play yeah. them. You know, you have nothing to lose. Ever, or, I mean, you have nothing to gain. You have everything to lose. Exactly. Um, so it's it's extremely difficult for the the teams that are that are not in the Power Five, and it should be difficult. Um, yeah, I don't know how a non Power Five school is going to get in unless they have two you know major wins on their schedule and and run the table. Then maybe they get a sniff. But at the same time, you got to be able to schedule those games, and and that could be awfully difficult. A lot of Power 5 schools want to schedule games they know they can win. Exactly. If you're not scheduling Central Florida because you have too much to lose. That was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. Quick break. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Game day coverage of Syracuse basketball is brought to you by Geico on the Pulse of the Orange, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. 
Orange Nation, noon to 2. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. Orange Nation, noon to two. In case you didn't know what you were listening to, we're with you for another 10 minutes or so on ESPN Radio. Matt Park warming up in the studio right next to us. He'll take over from two until three. As we continue to look ahead, Seth, to this this showdown on Saturday uh, down in Miami, 5.30 tip on ESPN, American Airlines Arena, Syracuse, and number 2 Kansas. I threw out the stat at the top of the show. Uh, I'll throw it out here again. So three common opponents between Syracuse and Kansas – They've both played Oakland, Toledo, and Texas Southern. Syracuse won those three games by 45 points combined, which is 15 per game. Respectable. Kansas has won them by 124, which is about 41 per game. 96-58 last night, and that brought the average down. So Syracuse won them by 45 points total. Kansas won them by 41 41 points on on average. average. And last night they won by 38, and it brought the average down. Yes, that is insane. Uh, that that is insanity, and 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 I think that shows where Kansas is versus where Syracuse is, and that's not to knock Syracuse. Syracuse is young; they they are talented, but they are young, they are inexperienced. Um, whereas this Kansas Jayhawk team is a machine, right? And 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 what's the streak now? Bill Self has won the the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. A what, lot of 12, years in a row. 12, 13 years in a row. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. It's, you know, the, it's around a dozen. The Jayhawks are a machine right now. Uh, you know, Mike Waters said earlier that they might not have the depth. They don't. Billy Preston's got uh, into some NCAA issues and has not played yet this year. Um, but they are good. That, that uh, game Svi, I'm going to try and say his last name, Makai Luke. Sure. Sounds, go go with on. that. He He's really good. He's shooting 50-something percent from three. Uh, Devontae Graham has taken over uh, and played really well at the guard. That, that That's a good team. The game that Devontae Graham had last night, he had 35 points, controlled the game in, in all aspects. He missed five shots and scored 30. He was 13 for 18 from the field. That's efficient. He scored 35 points on 18 shots. That's I mean, incredible. That is, I'm, I'm just, nobody can see this. You can. I, I'm just shaking my head. Uh, that's incredible. That is the the model of efficiency, um, and again, he's he's just one player on that team, and they're they're good across the board. And so, I don't know what we take from this game. I mean, let's see it play itself out. But if Syracuse loses by twenty, for instance, I'm okay. not sure that's an indictment on the yeah. Orange. I think that is more so Kansas is just elite. Um, they are no Kansas is an elite team. So, and I'm not saying Syracuse is going to lose by 20. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I've been impressed by what we've seen, and you know, defense travels, as they say, right? That's that's a, a college basketball, you know, just a basketball term in general. Defense travels. You can take defense with you anywhere. You may not shoot well. You may go be going up against a more talented team. Defense travels. You play quality defense, and we've seen this zone. When this zone is good over the years, this zone will keep you in games. Absolutely, and it's, so, it's a little bit of a change up. It. Might catch yeah. people off guard. If Kansas, you, yeah. If you play well defensively, and if Ty's battle is Ty's battle, and you know Frank Howard and O'Shea Brissett continue to contribute, Syracuse c- could potentially hang in this game. I don't think that's a stretch. Um, but again, if sure. they lose by twenty, I I don't think that's a big deal either. No, I I don't. Uh, you know, it, it is worth mentioning. Um, you, you're going to zone people. We know. 
the zone, even Syracuse's, with it being long and lanky and athletic and pushing up a little bit more than maybe a, a typical zone, is still susceptible to a three-point shot. Kansas has a team shoots 42%. They've got three people shooting better than uh, than 50%. Uh, four people, sorry, shooting better than 50% from three-point range. So this is a really good shooting team. This is a really good team. They are housing everybody that's not named Kentucky. And, oh, by the way, they beat Kentucky. Um, they just didn't beat them by 40. Uh, you know, th- this is a really good team that is on the Duke, Kentucky, UNC, Michigan State level. You know, this is not... Maryland, who's in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. We've seen some good things out of Barama Sidibe and Pascal Chuku. This will be by far, this is the biggest test for the team, but those two guys in particular, it's going to be a challenge for them to stay out of foul trouble and stay in the game because Kansas, again, is really good. We keep saying that. They've got some some beef down low. They've got some big bodies down low, talented big bodies down low. Uh, this will be a challenge for, for Barama and Pascal to stay in the game, stay out of foul trouble, be smart, uh, continue to be a defensive presence. We know that Syracuse is a really good rebounding team, or at least it looks to be to, to this point. Can they rebound against an elite opponent? Um, I'm, that's maybe the, the biggest thing I'm, I'm curious about in this game is, is down low. Will O'Shea Brissett still be able to hit the glass the way he's been able to hit the glass? And can those two centers make an impact defensively against... A, a team that's a, a national title contender. Yeah, uh, Udoka Azabuke. Excuse me, Udoka Azabuke. Sixteen points, seven rebounds, seven footer, two hundred eighty pounds. Uh, not just tall, he's big. That's going to be a challenge. It is. It's going to be a challenge. This this game's going to be a challenge across the board. Um, I, I'm interested to see, and then I, I I firmly believe that. This is playing with house money, and, and the pressure is off Syracuse in this game. 6-0. and Syracuse really has nothing to lose in this game and everything to gain. You know, if they, totally even if agree. they play it close, I think you, you take that as a positive. Um, you know, and even if you lose by 20, so what? Come back and, you know, beat UConn on Tuesday, right. and it, nobody is going to hold a loss to Kansas against you. Oh, Kansas has been, has been fantastic. As you mentioned, Kansas has a win over Kentucky already and just blowing everybody else out. And they're number two in the country. And, you know, we've seen Duke fall behind in a couple games recently. Kansas isn't falling behind. Kansas is crushing people from from the tip. Yeah. Um, Kansas might be the best team in the country. They they don't have a number one next to their name right now, well, but they might be the best team in the country right I don't now. Know. Duke is Duke has fallen Duke behind really the last good. couple of games. Yeah, but then they've come. I back understand. I know Duke is really good. People. Yeah. I understand. Um, the, the Duke is. I, let's put it this way, Seth. Duke is number one on reputation, and they're no, playing better teams. You don't think they fell Kentucky, behind to Florida? You don't think Kentucky's a good team? No, but but the teams that Duke is falling behind, it's Florida, it's Texas. It's not like Toledo. Fair enough. So fair enough. Uh, you know, I, I I look at this game. You say playing with house money. I couldn't agree more. Right? I, I mean, you've already won six games. We talked about it with Mike. Never would have imagined that they started this, or you know, we didn't expect them. I should say, not never would have imagined, but didn't expect them to start six and zero. Now you go into this Kansas game, and you know you're playing well, you're feeling good, and you know you. You want to measure yourself up to one of the best in the league? Okay, go for it, right? Go go measure yourself up to one of the best in the nation. Uh, you lose, you lose. You win, awesome. Like, there's literally nothing to lose. 
there is something to lose on Tuesday night. Yes. So whatever happens Saturday, forget about it and go play Tuesday. I think this game comes at a great time for Syracuse. Coming off the 6-0 start, coming off that win over Maryland, there's a there's a confidence. Um, you feel like you're building toward this. And, you know, Maryland felt like the first big game. You had 20,000-plus national TV, Power 5 school in town. That felt like the first big game. This now is a whole nother level. So I think this comes at a great time. No pressure if you lose. But, uh, boy, wouldn't that be something if you were able to pull it off. We're out of time. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Matt Park coming up next on ESPN Radio. Have a great day, everybody.